It's February 15th, 2024, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. So happy day after Valentine's Day, everyone. I guess if you're someone who didn't really celebrate Valentine's Day with anyone, maybe that's not a best reminder that it just happened. But for those of you who did, we hope you had a had a fun Valentine's Day. It seems kind of weird to be doing this podcast right after, and, and you'll see why in a minute. But I don't know that we've ever want, done one this close to an actual Valentine's Day, so it's kind of different. But yeah, so so what did you guys get up to up to last night? Anything exciting? No. So we're actually doing our Valentine's Day because I mean, midweek, especially with kids, is incredibly difficult so we are doing it on friday i've got a date lined up and it'll be a lot of fun we will we, we'll leave the kids with somebody else and go out and enjoy our time without them just to have some nice adult time i can i can totally see that yeah we uh we always do we typically do the same thing you know it's 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 we make dinner at home because Going to a restaurant is insane. Um, even thinking about that on Valentine's Day, it's one of those days I absolutely hated when I was waiting table that Mother's Day. But yeah, we uh, made dinner and had some wine and watched a fun movie and just kind of you know had a nice chill chill time. It wasn't anything too over the top or anything. But like I said, it, it typically isn't. And, and I I totally get the going on Friday thing. I think that's that's nice. You can hopefully not have to deal with too much of the crowds and stuff and. And especially if you guys can have have the kids being watched by someone else, that's I can't imagine how unromantic a Valentine's Day celebration is with like two small children. Yeah. So, so the the week the week before Valentine's Day, the kids had the kids had to make a Valentine's Day box for the for for to, to get Valentine's Day pre, uh, little little Valentine's Day gifts from the rest of their classmates and. I really enjoyed it as family time for uh, as part of a Valentine's Day, kind of a larger celebration as a, as a moment with the family. It was great. But at the same time, it's just like, Oh guys, y'all are, y'all are exhausting. Like it is, it is <laughs> that we had, we had everybody. And that's not to say everybody had a lovely time, but they sure did suck the fun out of making something for Valentine's day. And like I said, as much fun and as much chaos as it caused, it was still one of those things. At the end of it, you're like, "Okay, deep breath. We survived. We got through that. They made their boxes, and they can go to school and and ha- with the knowledge that they're going to get all their Valentine's Day favors in the box that they made at home." I'm like, "Okay, done." But yeah, <laughs> uh, I, I can I can remember doing that when I was a kid, and and. Just honestly, the stress of it. I, that sounds crazy, but even as a kid, just you know, sort of this weird stress about having to do this thing and then get Valentine's for all the people in your class and give them. Out. It was just oh, it's always so weird. I don't know why we do that at school, but but yeah, it's it's. Uh, I can see, especially with two kids at the same age, you know, just and two totally different kids. I mean, you, your your children probably could not be more different from each other. So yeah, I could, I could see see you getting to the end of that and saying, you know what, glad we're done. But but we we thought we'd for this podcast since it's it is officially after Valentine's Day. But we we thought we would talk about something that's maybe a little different, 
And Matthew came up with this, so I'm going to let him explain <laughs> explain exactly what we're talking about. So today we're going to be discussing the parallels between architecture and dating, because surprisingly, when we look at it, they actually have a lot in common. You have to really address the importance of things like compatibility. How how are you and your architects going to get along with each other, the communication styles, everybody, everybody can talk through ideas all you want, but sometimes every client has a slightly different way of recognizing the ideas that you're presenting. So it's things like compatibility, communication, shared vision. And then I think we're going to end on one of the most important things about any relationship, whether it be with your architect or whether it be with someone that you're dating or in a long-term relationship with, compromise. So I think that's where we're going to start today. And uh, we'll just navigate that relationship, both with your architect and with your long term partners. So yeah. Yeah, I, I thought I thought this was a pretty interesting idea, because because there are so many similarities. And, and I think it's true whether, whether you're just started dating somebody or well, I guess it really is like you just started dating body somebody because you you know you haven't known your client beforehand before that. But for the people who are in long term relationships, I think it still still is the same thing that that you wouldn't be there if you didn't have the compatibility. And certainly, any architect client relationship is uh, exercising compatibility. You have to be able to work together. You have to be able to to understand each other and there has to be some similarity there's something that's that's really connecting you and that's always always tell clients i'm like if you don't think this is going to be a good fit for you you're you're more than welcome to interview other architects and whatever so don't don't feel like you have to go with me i think your project's interesting but if you're not comfortable then by all means please go go with your gut and go with the people that you feel like would would be good for you to work with i mean just just do that so I think that kind of applies too to any relationship. You know, you know pretty much right off the bat, if or not right off the bat. Sometimes it may take <laughs> it may take a few weeks, but you get a sense of is this really going to work? Are we really going to work well together? And and James and I clicked really really easily, and I like to think that I do the same with most of my clients. I, I have, with one exception, have yet to find clients that I'm not really compatible with, and so. That's a that's a nice experience, but I, I, how how did you? I mean, how long how long did you and Faye date before you realized? Okay, this is something a little more than just oh, we're just going out. Um, geez, I'm looking back, and it was probably six months or so. When I mean, how about this? Our first real test was, and 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 this is a good test for anybody, really is. When you go on a trip together, because a long trip somewhere, you know, to a beach or wherever can really tell you a lot about a person. Faye and I's first trip was a good signal that despite our differences, we complemented each other really well and were able to really enjoy each other's company for long periods of time in, in a fairly stressful situation, which would be, you know, traveling abroad and country hopping like there was no tomorrow, <laughs> which is pretty much what we did for three weeks straight. <laughs> sure. Well, and any project is a journey. So that same principle applies that that you you know you're going to be in this long term and 
you have to realize, okay, does this work? Do we think this will work? And yeah, I, I will tell, I will tell you the quickest way to kill a, kill a relationship is to go on a trip together and find out that neither one of you can travel together. And there are some obvious reasons why <laughs> I had a friend who went, was dating somebody and the guy took him camping. And by the time they got back, they were broken up. He's like, I know, no, this is not going to be a thing and I cannot do this. So, yeah, but, but I think every, every client relationship is, is that way as well that you, you know, you're, you're taking this journey together to get this project done, see it to fruition, make sure that the client's happy. You're happy with the result. All, everything, everything goes well. So yeah, the, the compatibility really does matter. I, you know, and it's so funny when you, when you came up with this, I had just never thought of the comparison between the two, between dating, but it is honest to God, it is like dating. Yeah. And, and so another thing that, that is really important in a relationship is communication. And it's something that Faye and I are still working on to this day because we introduced kids in the relationship and there's there's just a a wild card element that you just don't ever want to deal with uh, if you don't already have a solid foundation of communication because you know if you're if you're trying to tell your spouse one thing and then they interpret it something completely differently than how you meant it then you know the kids are able to see that and then they're able to jump on the the difference and really what but but mom said this well no that's not actually what she meant what she meant was this and so communication is absolutely key so that everybody is on the same page and just understanding what the what the plan is how things are going to work out and yeah and and i can i can say from a architect client relationship that's the same it's it's the exact same you have to be able to communicate with your clients this is this is this is what the design is going to look like i actually just went into a i had two meetings recently that that were fairly stressful for me because of the styles of communication the first meeting the the wife couldn't actually read floor plans and i didn't know that until I had my floor plans in front of her and was presenting to her. And she's like, she gives me this blank face and says, well, what is this? And I'm like, um, it's what we talked about in our last meeting. And I, it, at that point, it was just, it was an uphill battle from there, getting any, getting any of my ideas across to her because be like we'd have to go to that specific place in the house. This is where the stairs will be. Oh, okay, okay. So they'd be going into this wall. Yes, we'd be taking this wall out. But this wall's here. I, um, yes, but but we're going to be removing this wall. And, and and so it was it was a it was a testament to my ability to keep a lid on things that I was able to get out of there <laughs> without without just without just deeply sighing or or, or just. Uh, I, I I was trying so hard to to get to to make my point across, but all that to say that the communication is is really key because if you can't get your ideas across to either your your spouse or or your client, you're gonna at, at best get a dirty look, and at at worst, you know the relationship's gonna crumble, and you're no longer going to have a job or a spouse or a spouse. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is. It's funny the. The whole communication thing for your spouse—that's that's never going to change. You're always going to be learning. You're always going to be figuring out how things are changing. How do I communicate with you now? I think 
for clients, it's, I think it's almost harder because, you know, your spouse, you get used to how they communicate. And even if there's a slight change in things, you can kind of pick up on it. And every client is different. Some, some need to need to talk to you very direct. We don't want a lot of chit chat. Dot, 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 dot. Here it is. And some clients will want to talk to you for 20 minutes before you ever sit down and actually look at what you're drawing and look at what you've designed. Some clients prefer to do it in person. Some like it in the email. It's just this kind of constant learning about, okay, how this person is new. How do we best communicate so that, yes, your ideas always come across. They understand everything. And, and clients, of course, they're clients who, who can't read floor plans typically will not tell you they can't read floor plans. A lot of them will simply nod their head and go, oh, okay, yeah, that makes complete sense. Knowing the whole time that they have no idea what you just said. And the other part of that too is, is using language that they can understand because we tend to talk in architect speak. So being able to communicate with that client in terms that will, will make it clear for them, I think that's, that's the challenge. Like it just in any relationship, being able to communicate effectively is, is going to be important. But the other thing too in, in this too is, is having sort of a shared vision. Because if, if your idea as an architect is one thing, their thoughts about what they really want to do is something else, this is never going to fly. Just like any relationship, if, if you think, okay, this is, this is what we, th- we think will happen in the future. This is, these are shared dreams, shared plans. If you're going one direction, your spouse is going the other direction, then something's going to come off. I mean, so, something's going to happen down the road that you'll be sharing that vision probably with somebody else. And, 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 and the one thing that really stands out to me, mainly because I'm neck deep in it right now as a parent, is what the, the choice to have kids or not. That, that's always a, a big thing that, that most people, hopefully, they've talked about it before they get married. But I've seen instances where you know, you're five, ten years into the marriage and one of the couple wants kids, one of the couple doesn't want kids. And it goes back to that issue of, well, did you guys talk about it before you got before you guys decided to, you know, get married and go that distance? And you know, if they do end up having kids, well, one partner then gets you know super resentful for the fact that they had the kid, or the opposite scenario where they don't have kids and one partner really wants that and decides to leave the relationship because, well, that was something that was never truly talked about and communicated and agreed upon or had that shared vision with. And it just never happens. So, like as as a parent, that really that that that's really stands out to me. But I can also see as a, an architect where you know you're, you're presenting this idea of what you're looking for or what what your client thinks that they're looking for in a house and what you think that they're looking for, and the two visions just aren't meshing. And it's 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 hard to get past something like that. Well, it's a great way to get yourself fired because you're expected to understand what the client needs and what the client wants. And if you have a separate vision from that, maybe you can convince them that that's the way to go. Or you can say, no, 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 this is the way it should be done and find yourself out on the street you know, without a, without a client, without a job. Because you have to have some sort of mutual, you have to have that mutual understanding of, okay, this is where we're going. This is where everything is headed. I'm expecting you to help me get there. That's that's what this relationship is about. That's why you're here is to help me achieve that vision. And and you're you're right about the the whole kids thing. If if one of you wants kids and the other one doesn't, 
I don't know how long that's going to last because at some point that will become an overriding concern. And either somebody's going to compromise on that or you're going to go separate ways and, you're, and whoever's the one wanting kids will find a way to make that happen. God, that sounds bleak. <laughs> it, re- gee, it really does. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry, but it's but it's it's true, and I, I think it's it's one of those things that that you you just have to accept that if if their vision is not your vision, this is not going to be a good relationship to be in. And 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 that kind of shared vision, like I and this was actually a surprising one for me. But as as I was going through school, I, I met Faye at the end of my graduate school career. But I, it was something that I always knew I wanted to do was start my own business. And I guess I never really voiced it explicitly before we got married. <laughs> but as, as time went on and I got, I got tired of just being put in the back seat when I really wanted to have a driver's seat role in, in any company, the more and more I talked about it and the more and more Faye was supportive of it. So it actually kind of surprised me uh, that the that she was able to share in my vision of oh I, this is where I want to be because I don't know how many spouses would tolerate you know you're you're making a certain amount of money and as a, as an employee then oh all of a sudden I want to go out and start my own and you know you're you're starting literally from ground zero and building everything from there and so it's interesting the ways that architecture and relationships can intertwine especially when you want to start your own business because they're kind of they're very much related in that respect for me at least (laughs) well it's true it's very true the the whole idea not every architect's built to to be a firm owner but for those that are i think you know you said there's something you had always thought about but had never really voiced and then the more you talked about it the more faye listened and the more you talked about it and she listened so suddenly suddenly you're at a place where very much that well, this is going to happen. She's going to be very supportive. Your spouse is very supportive. And this is the direction we're going. Our may not be the vision we started with, but it's changed a little bit. And the and I think it honestly it, it brings us to what we we're going to be our final point to talk about really is compromise. Because she's compromised what her vision was to fit more with what your vision perhaps had become. And I think every architect goes through that with a client because clients I always try to tell clients, let's get you everything you want. I want everything in this drawing that you want. And if it's going to be too expensive or there's going to be an issue, then let's figure out how to sort of back some of that out so that we can get you to where you want to go. And that's the that compromise that, yes, you can't have everything you want. So what's going to be the things that are acceptable to you that that you're you're willing to give up to get the final version of what you're looking for. Yeah. And I mean, everybody knows that no project has an unlimited budget. So, you know, <laughs> I, I, in, in architecture, in the architecture world, the first thing that gets compromised on is, well, we gotta, we gotta take some, some of the project out so that we can make the budget work. So the, the, the balance, the balance there is a the budget, but yeah, there, there's, every relationship has that give and take and for architecture, maybe budget or, or the, the scope of the project uh, to bring that budget into line. Um, 
uh, one of the more unusual ways that you have to, to compromise is not necessarily between the two of you, whether it be you and your architects or you and your spouse, but it could also be with a third party. In architecture, a lot of times we're not only working with the client, but you also have HOAs that you have to compromise with. Like there could be an HOA board that is just being an absolute stickler with the style of the house. And so your compromise is, is necessarily is not always going to be with the other person or uh, about an element in the project itself. It could be with an outside outside resource that that frustratingly still has input on things. <laughs> and, and and it's the same with a relationship too. Like sometimes sometimes you're not compromising with your spouse. Sometimes you're comp- sometimes it's you and your spouse and you're compromising with the kids. Or sometimes you're compromising with the pets because they're taking a dump in the living room every time rather than using the doggy door. Yes, we have fosters right now. So that is uh we have fo- we we got back into fostering animals uh so we have a foster dog right now who is uh, refusing to use the doggy door. So that's my uh, current beef right now. <laughs> but yeah, so the compromise comes in, in many different forms over the course of a relationship, whether it be with whether it be with your architect or with your spouse. Yeah, I'm I'm going through sort of that right now with uh, with a client. The the city is the the city is being really stringent about the size of their garage, which I've never heard of before. And so we're trying to figure out, okay, can we, what, what can we possibly do to make this work? And the solution, the easiest solution, they really don't want to do, but there may have to be a compromise and that's, that's what we end up doing. But yeah, it's, it's always that there's always that give and take. There's always a give and take, whether it's your architect, whether it's with your contractor. Uh, yeah. And, and the whole third party thing, I, I keep thinking of in-laws that, you know, sometimes you're having to compromise with your in-laws because they want, they want to see the grandkids on this day, but look, I've got to take them to go see my parents and we'll come see you on this day. Is that okay? And, and sort of work through those, work through those things so that everybody's happy in the end. But yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I just it, the whole thing. I just never put together architecture, architecture and dating together, in that sense. But yeah, it's it's it is about that compatibility and that communication and the shared vision and compromise. All of those things apply to both. And so when you're when you're sitting down to work with your architect, think through all those things. Are we are we going to be able to work together? Do we have a similar vision? how do we talk to each other? That initial conversation sometimes will tell you so much more than you ever thought it would. And then finally, just be, you have to be ready to be com- to compromise because something, something at some point will most likely have to change because as, as Matthew said, there's no such thing as an unlimited budget. <laughs> I don't care how wealthy you are. There's no such thing as an unlimited budget, but Hopefully you guys had a great Valentine's Day and didn't have to do any compromising, but had a shared vision of what was going to happen on Valentine's. And of course, if you have some other ideas about how how these things relate to one another, please feel free to drop us a line. You know, you can always reach me, Larry, at spotadogarchitecture.com or at at spotadogarch on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me at addingarchitecture.com or at addingarch on all the social media. And you can find the podcast at Arch Geeks Podcast on Instagram and at architecturegeeks.com. 
So I think that's where we're going to wrap it up for the day. Again, happy Valentine's Day to everybody. A late one. Catch you on the next one. Bye.